Hello, and welcome to The Burn Beyond Firestop. This is a podcast where I will be interviewing interesting people involved in construction to get their unique perspectives. My name is John Zalepka, and I'm going to be using my experience as the training and development manager to help our listening audience walk away with an understanding of how our guests and their businesses contribute to the promotion of life safety of whatever is being built. Our show is brought to you by Specified Technologies, also known as STI Firestop. We are a leader in the industry in developing innovative fire protective systems that help stopping the spread of fire, smoke, and hot gases. Our first guest is a specialist in fire-resistant cable seals and pipe transfers for STI Firestop Marine, which is a division of STI that specializes in marine fire protection in the cruise line, offshore oil and gas, and general maritime industry. I'd like you to welcome, all the way from the Netherlands, our ship storyteller and regional manager for STI Marine, Ruben Wansink. Thank you very much, John, for having me uh, on this uh, podcast. It's uh, a nice experience to be in your podcast. And uh, yeah, looking forward to our conversation. As am I, Ruben. Now, in full disclosure, I thought you'd be the ideal first guest for a few reasons. I mean, first of all, you work for the same company. So I, I figured let's start in-house. Uh, you have an upcoming webinar that I thought we could announce. We'll get to that a little bit later. But most importantly, you fit the ideal profile of a guest being someone in the life safety business, but is also interesting. Which is why when I started hitting you on uh, your LinkedIn profile to do a little research and I stumbled upon your goal, I knew that you were the one. So let's start there. You know, if you, if you enjoy what you're doing day by day, then uh, you only get better at it. I discovered that when I came into fire safety around 2003, uh, doing fire tests for glass products. From very early on, I was totally fascinated by what happens with fire, with materials, and, and how you can improve your products to be even safer. That just gives me an enormous drive. And then uh, when I joined STI in 2016, it felt like getting into a warm bath. You know, it's a very enthusiastic group of people, a lot of knowledge. And uh, fire testing is also our daily business, so to speak. So uh, that makes me tick. So Ruben, I think you're, you're jumping right into the business end of things. I wanted to get to know you a little bit personally before, uh, before we get into all that business stuff. So uh, we'll get back to the glass. We'll get to the fire testing and things like that. But tell me a little bit about Ruben. I mean, I saw something else on your LinkedIn profile that, that was interesting. I saw that you're uh, on the committee for King's Day celebration. That's true. King's Day is... Uh... So we, we have a, a monarchy in the Netherlands and uh, you, used to be we've had two queens and now the son of the queen has become the king. And on the 27th of April, April 27th, we celebrate King's Day. So that's his birthday. And uh, that's when everybody in the Netherlands dresses up orange and the children go out and, you know, try to sell their toys. And there's a lot of games and uh, in the little village where I live, I'm together with a group of uh, enthusiastic volunteers. We always organize that celebration. This year is going to be a little bit different. We're not allowed to make big events, but uh, we're going to, you know, help people to in their, you know, blocks 
plan and, uh, and work out a nice party on that day. And I like that. I like to bring people together. That was yeah. actually what I was going to say next. Um, I mean, you, you seem to really get involved and, and like people. And, and so you're putting those things together. What does it mean to you to give back? I mean, obviously, you're volunteering your time, uh, the games, the music, the bands, that, that all sounds fun. But I'm sure there's a lot going on behind the scenes, too, that uh, you probably uh, just do the work just like any other volunteer, right? No, exactly. And uh, that's also part of, uh, you know, what my job entitles is doing global business with all these different people, different cultures, working for an American company. Uh, and I like that. It's You're dealing with different people on a daily basis. Uh, you get to know them. You need to understand the sensitivities. And I guess where that was born was my parents, uh, who actually didn't live in the Netherlands when I was young. We lived in Portugal. Uh, they had a camping site. And on that camping site, of course, especially in the summer, there was a huge amount of tourists coming in from all over Europe. And I was a kid playing with them. And then, you know, that's how I got used to dealing with all these different cultures, different languages. And I'm pretty sure that had an influence on my decisions later on and some luck uh, to get into a, an international role. And that's what I like. I like dealing with different kind of people and especially with people. You're like our own in-house Austin Powers, the international man of mystery. Uh, how many languages do you speak? I, I, English, we're talking in English. I imagine Portuguese and Dutch as well. Would any others? Yeah, fluent languages. Uh, I, I, you know, I'd say my mother tongue is both Portuguese and, and Dutch. And uh, working in international business for 17, 17 years has actually made my English especially in writing, much better actually than my Dutch. I speak German, I speak some French, I can speak Spanish, I understand a little bit of Italian, and I can do basic sign language because uh, I have a son who is uh, who's deaf. So, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting, interesting. So would you be willing then to say welcome to the burn in as many languages as you possibly can? <laughs> That's a yeah, I can. Yeah. I would love to use it for promotional. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll even put it at the beginning of this video. Welcome to the burn in as many of the, the languages that you just mentioned as possible. That, that's an interesting one. To you can start burn. with English. You can start with English. Well, <laughs> welcome to the burn. And then in Portuguese, I'd be bem-vindo à queima. In Dutch, welcome by the brand. And in German, that's a good one. Yeah. Willkommen bei das Feuer. That's it for now. Okay, good. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll awesome. need, I need to practice on the French and Spanish ones, but uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let, now let's shift into business. Now let, let's take. Let's start taking care of some business. You had mentioned about the, the glass. You were involved with strategic marketing, sales development, and even some fire testing with the, the glass company, correct? Is that how you kind of got into fire protection to begin with? Yeah, so I'm an engineer by, uh, by schooling, and I got into fire testing. I had a sales role when I started, and uh, part of that uh, was also engineering uh, products. So I started doing fire testing next to the sales role, and then I moved on to an international role, which was a global sales manager for fire-resistant glass on ships. 
And then further on in that, uh, it was, it's a huge French corporation. I moved on to a more uh, business development, but on a strategic level, both in marketing. And that was for all their products that they were offering for uh, ships. And it was mostly construction products and very often related to safety. And then uh, 2016, uh, SDI came along and gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. <laughs> That's awesome. So is, was that your first experience in ships also with the, with the glass company? Or I imagine you've been around maritime your entire life if you've been in the Netherlands, yeah? Been in the Netherlands, but growing up in Portugal. In Portugal, at, well, yeah. yeah at, the, at the seaside. So sure. um, actually, as a kid, I, you know, I spent my days at the beach. Uh, we went out fishing, sailing. And I, I remember used to build huge Lego ships. <laughs> as a kid and uh, and then went to uh, to study something else uh, you know uh, actually I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a civil engineer but in uh, building management and then ended up uh, very soon in my career in shipbuilding so uh, that's how it kind of developed yeah so it's interesting because being in the training department in, at STI when we talk about compartmentation which is the goal of fire stuff to begin with we always talk about how it sort of started in the shipbuilding industry because it's not like if there's a fire, you can jump off the ship if it's in the middle of the ocean. So it's, it's more critical than anywhere, I would think. So a lot of the codes that we find on the land side of things came from, from maritime industry. How, how have you found that fire stopping in that world? Is it open now i mean is are they calling it fire stop what what can you tell me about fire protection on ships at this point well that's a that's an interesting point you bring there i actually think that both in industries influence each other and um it does seem that big disasters unfortunately usually lead to better regulations if you look at the history then there's there's been some pretty big disasters that uh, created new new rules and new products. And that also was translated into buildings. But there is one thing is that in the construction industry, I think the, the level of testing is often a little bit higher than in, in ships. Uh, so ships are kind of in technology a little bit behind on uh, construction. But that has to do is that if you change a technology on a ship, it has a huge impact because you can't fail. You know, that's, that ship will sail out of the harbor and you can't fail. And everybody knows the Titanic disaster. It was the unsinkable ship and nothing could go wrong and everything went wrong. And from that day on, uh, it's been a very tough industry to make changes because they rely on something that has to work in any condition and in a building if there is a fire most of the times you are able to to flee the building and you know run away from the building and a ship on the ocean you can't run away from it so yeah it's very high high risk and and very tough regulations and actually the offshore industry when that boomed in the 70s uh, was a, a very good innovator for the industry because that's even at a higher level you can imagine because you you add the issue that you're adding a propellant to 
uh, your construction, not only a passive ship, but a platform that is pumping oil, which is not a good combination with fire. For sure, for sure. So, I mean, like you said, these disasters that happen uh, typically influences codes and standards and I guess even the enforcement of that as well. I have to imagine that, you know, these standards and laws are in place and are they enforced different internationally in different areas or how do you, how do you see that as a general industry as a whole as, you know, as far as fire stopping in, in the marine world? Well, that makes our industry quite, uh, I would say quite unique is that if you are in, uh, in the construction of larger ships, so not a coastal ship, and you, you're going to sail with it in international waters, basically a lot of ship owners, if they build a medium to large ship, will want it to be, you know, that it can be deployed anywhere in the world if you sell it again. So there is an international set of rules. And that international set of rules was defined by the United Nations. And they created the SOLAS, a convention that was held in the 70s. Uh, sorry, back in the 40s already, but it was held again in the 70s, which means uh, safety of life at sea. And in that convention, they established a set of rules which all ships have to comply with when they sail in international waters. In that set of rules, you then, you know, divide it by, like you started with, comp uh, comp like we say, compartmentation. So a ship has to be in several compartments for water and fire. And then you have all the regulations which uh, kind of, you know, boil down to our products, for example, uh, fire stopping. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. So where do you see the industry going from here? I know that we are, we started this conversation because we have an upcoming webinar. So I think just even making the industry aware or making different accrediting agencies, I know on the land-based side of things, we're always trying to just promote the fact that this is not only driven by code, but it's also a life safety kind of thing. So do you see more enforcement even in, ships that don't necessarily sail internationally, that maybe will just be a, a tugboat in a, a river somewhere in some country that also see that enforcement coming along the way? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, um, it's not nice to say, but disasters are leading to change. And uh, I've read that uh, the, the, that horrible accident, I think it was last year with that uh, diving vessel in the in the Baya area in California, uh, that, that was a coastal vessel. I don't think it had to comply with international rules, but it went terribly wrong. And that is already changing uh, the way people are looking at smaller vessels. So no, it absolutely, it absolutely has impact on, on, on everything. And uh, unfortunately, disasters have to happen sometimes for, for that to improve, but to go in a different direction, technology is driving change too. So we are involved in a project here in Europe as SDI, where they are looking at how to transport EVs, so electrical vehicles, on ferries. Instead of waiting for something to go wrong, they are actually already uh, brought together uh, people from the industry and the authorities and uh, the testing institutes to look at those ships and say, what can we do? to uh, make it safer uh, to have a big amount of electrical vehicles uh, on board. 
So I, I guess there's all different types of things of making vessels safer, right? Not only for, you know, bringing EVs on board, but also, I guess, in this pandemic world or this post-pandemic world also, is, is this something that's affected, obviously, shipbuilding in general, but has it uh, affected the way that people are, are thinking about Firestop? Uh, has, has that come up at all? Not in a direct way, not yet, but indirectly, what we are seeing and, and what the expectation is, is that there is, for example, uh, the cruise industry has been heavily hit by the pandemic. Uh, those ships are uh, laying idle, uh, waiting to restart to, to welcome guests on board again. And uh, the issue there is that they have a very reduced amount of crew on board. Uh, there's very little big maintenance going on. Uh, you have to imagine that on a, on a big size cruise ship that runs out of, uh, usually runs out of Miami uh, port uh, every, every Friday, has usually about two teams of what they call riding crews on board, which is a team of about 20, 20 people that are externally hired and are continuously upgrading systems. So, uh, and usually these are systems related to the engine, the safety, exhaust, but also for sewage systems, electrical systems, uh, CCTV, there is a continuous update. And now these ships are laying idle. This is not happening. And that is where we as STI actually are heavily involved because we have a lot of products that can be installed by the existing crew and not by these riding crews that have to be flown in from all over the world, which is nearly impossible at the moment. So I guess then that would be a great audience to tune in to your webinar to kind of get the basics of fire protection on, on ships when it comes to cable transits and, and pipe penetrations. Because as you mentioned, the service lines, those people are making holes, right? So you have to put some type of system in place, right? To, to get that a fire rating back, correct? Absolutely. And uh, that is what we are focusing on is getting ship managers, as they are called, uh, getting the uh, chief engineers that are, uh, you know, are on board those ships, get them in this webinar and to learn about the basics, uh, learn about the history. We just touched it very briefly, uh, but learn about which technologies are used and where do they come from? Because uh, I don't know if you know, but for example, uh, a lot of the technologies used in ships today were actually uh, developed in the 40s during the Second World War in the U.S. when uh, Franklin Roosevelt actually uh, demanded to build this huge fleet of ships to bring troops and, and everything they needed for the Second World War from the U.S. to mostly Great Britain. And they built a fleet of more than 6,000 ships in, in a very short time, and they were called the Liberty Fleet. And they had to build these ships within months. So they made, you know, one size fits all and they could just make them a little bit longer. But they had to make products that at that time were very fast to install. And, uh, and they are still used today, which is great. It has a huge uh, legacy. Things that are developed under pressure are actually sometimes very good products. But you... Talking about cable management, uh, as I said, on a, on a big ship, usually they are pulling a new cable, a long new electrical cable, 
on a daily basis. Uh, that compared to ships in the 40s and 50s is, is a total different world. I mean, we're all wearing wires. Uh, we're all, all passengers want to have wireless internet, for example. But wireless internet on a ship means running a lot of cables. Right. So, uh, yeah, a lot of things have changed. So you'll be covering some of those things on upcoming webinar. We'll just let everybody know it's uh, next Tuesday, March 30th, 2021 at 9 a.m. Eastern. And if you're listening to this sometime in the future, then you'll be able to find Ruben's recording on our Firestop University at www.stifirestop.com. We'll put all the links in the show notes. Don't worry, there, there is still time to register if you're listening to this before Tuesday. And again, if not, you'll still be able to listen to it back and Ruben will be doing a, a deeper dive into fire protection on ships. But before I let you go, I also just want to mention that you have this great Friday afternoon or Friday morning post that you do on LinkedIn all the time called Ship Stories. I just want you to tell us a little bit about that. I know you've focused uh, on, on cultural bridging lately. What can you tell us about business internationally and, and how you've been able to bring that into your ship stories or just tell me anything you want about it. Well, she, uh, I, I've been on LinkedIn ever since it appeared. And I, I heard that in the Netherlands, actually, uh, the first European users of LinkedIn were in the Netherlands. And uh, so the Netherlands has always been very strong in LinkedIn. And um, at the time, I started using it as we all did. We just put our resume up there and we kind of checked it once in a while. But in the last five years, it's really taken off. Uh, it's a fantastic platform to, to connect with all the people you meet on exhibitions, conferences, but also you don't meet. And that's what I found out at the beginning of the pandemic is that, you know, where I always feel great to be is exhibitions and conferences. Uh, I'm always there present. I'm sometimes a speaker also at uh, conferences and exhibitions. And you meet a lot of people and this suddenly just, you know, fell away under our feet. So I thought, how can I connect to the people that are out there? Also, the people that I'm not speaking on a daily business, uh, but that I meet once a year, maybe in Miami or Hamburg or wherever the show is. And I thought, OK, I'll start making short stories. And I also noticed that in our industry, we talk about fire protection, we talk about regulations, and if you're in it daily, it's, it's maybe very straightforward, but for someone who has to deal with it sometimes, it's not that straightforward. And uh, I thought maybe I can do it in three to four minute uh, videos and explain about fire protection. And that evolved into anything that relates to my, my work. And that's cultural differences. Uh, lately, I've been doing uh, history in shipping. So how is ship speed measured? Uh, how ships are built? Any topic that I find interesting and that relates to our industry, I put it up there and people love it. They do. They really do. I see the engagement with your post. It's uh, part of the inspiration for why, why I wanted to do this podcast. The same kind of thing. Talk to interesting people, different topics that are loosely related to the industry. So awesome job. Keep up that good work. Uh, any parting thoughts that you want to leave us, Ruben? Uh, again, we're going we're gonna to promote that webinar for you. Uh, we're going to let people know why fire protection is important, but anything else you want to say? 
Well, it's been great to be in your, your first podcast, John. Uh, I think you're doing a great job. Um, and don't forget, the inspiration actually for uh, doing those short videos was your series called The Burn that you did last year. And uh, I, I liked them so much. They were so full of energy, so much enthusiasm, and it really brought us into your world. So that's what I'm trying to, to say to people. And that's why I think this podcast is interesting. Absolutely. But also the webinar that uh, we're hosting next week is, you know, we want to invite you into our people. We don't have secrets. Uh, there's no witchcraft involved. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's dealing with a very essential thing in life. It's safety and related to fire. And uh, leave it to our, our specialists, but we invite you in and uh, join us next Tuesday. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ruben. I appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks for staying up late also. And thank you all very much for listening. Uh, we know that there's a lot of podcasts out there and you've chosen to listen to this one. So thanks so much. Uh, be sure to check out the show notes, as I mentioned. We'll put links in there to register for the webinar over to our Firesub University and maybe even some of the other things that Ruben was talking about. We'll, we'll probably pull some show notes and get some links in there for you. And uh, finally, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcast from and tell a friend. Ruben, since you brought it up, I'm going to have to drop it on people. So uh, this is The Burn!